I don't know what adjectives you want to use to describe the Golden State Warriors game six effort and and performance. Was it ugly? Was it disappointing? Was it a flat out embarrassment? Whatever it was, I'm going to at least explain to you what the Warriors did wrong. There was very little they did right. Stay tuned. The dynasty, the golden dynasty is on the brink of collapse. It all comes down to a game seven on Sunday. We're going to discuss it next right here. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And we're also on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Cyrus Sotsas. You can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Or if you follow me there, you probably read my gripes about today's game. Um, what do we hear from the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr? talking about why he thinks the Golden State Warriors lost this game. And then I'll get into why I think the Warriors lost this game. So I have quite a few opinions on that. Here is the head coach, Steve Kerr. What, what did you just think of the energy from the beginning? Could you tell maybe your guys didn't really have it? Or was it uh, uh, other themes in your mind right at the start? Uh, yeah, I thought uh, the Kings were the aggressor from the start, you know, putting a lot of pressure on us defensively. And we didn't execute early in the game. There were uh, four or five plays early where um, we just took quick shots or didn't, you know, didn't pass the ball to the open guy. And I think at halftime we had eight assists, um, you know, so uh, we just never got our rhythm. We never got into our game. Um, but I give Sacramento uh, the credit uh, for that. They they came out with more force and more energy, and they executed better. And um, so I, I they you know the right team won. That's for why Steve. Why do they out execute you? Why do they come out with more energy? Why do they see more prepared than you? You're the head coach of the team. Why were you out coached tonight, Steve? For sure, they they came in and uh, and earned earned the victory, and now we got to regroup and uh, get ready for Game Seven. That was I, I my frustration right now is is beyond what the screen can show. If you're watching this instead of listening on the podcast, this was a game that the Warriors should have won. Plain and simple, you have a chance to close out the series, Game Six, against the very feisty, a very energetic a very hungry Sacramento Kings team. And instead of coming out, matching their intensity, instead of making the proper adjustments when the other team is making adjustments, you did more of the same. You did nothing to counter react, to make a, an adjustment, to do something to react to what they were doing. Here's what the Sacramento Kings did tonight. It wasn't complicated. Alex Len, who has played every game in the series, did not play tonight. Let's not count garbage time, all right? And that applies to both the Warriors and the Kings because the Golden State Warriors uh, played Jermichael Green, Jonathan Kaminga, and Anthony Lamb in the last three minutes of the game. We're, we are not going to count that, all right? We're also not going to count Kessler Edwards, Chimizy Mitu, Alex Len, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, and P.J. Dozier 
who played the last 30 seconds of the game. We're not going to count that. All right. That's garbage time. The bottom line is Mike Brown did not play Alex Len, a seven footer. He's been playing this entire series. He saw that the Warriors had adjusted to that. He saw that the Warriors were no longer phased by that. Uh, and he adjusted. And he made not one adjustment, but two huge adjustments. One being the obvious. Alex Len was no longer a piece on this bench. And the player who replaced him was Terrence Davis, a player we haven't seen this entire series and who played 19 minutes, 24 seconds tonight. Let's just round up and say 20 minutes. Terrence Davis played 20 minutes tonight. And it was an incredibly effective 20 minutes because he came in with energy. He hounded Stephen Curry most of the game. He fouled out, meaning he probably earned every one of those fouls. The Warriors probably felt every one of those fouls. What did Steve Kerr do, uh, do to adjust to that? Nothing. Nothing. We didn't see Jamichael Green, except for one moment at the end of the third quarter for like a second. Uh, and in fact, the three seconds to be, to be uh, exact. We didn't see Jonathan Kaminga, a player who we've seen this entire season, a player who uh, has become persona non grata for no good reason. The only excuse I constantly hear and I have no idea why I'm in the minority other than people just believing and supporting everything Steve Kerr does because every piece of data, every statistic shows that Jonathan Kaminga plays great basketball. He shoots the ball efficient, efficiently. He uh, His rebounds, the one stat that you know my, my colleague Kylan Mills and everyone else loves to bring up, his rebounding per 36 minutes is higher than P.J. Tucker, is higher than Paul George. It's higher than a lot of players. He just doesn't play a ton of minutes, and he's also more of a perimeter player. Do you look at Kawhi Leonard and criticize him when he doesn't have rebounds a certain night at a number that you're appreciative of? And Kaminga has done a phenomenal job all season. He replaced Otto Porter Jr. in terms of physique and size, and Kerr's answer is, even though the one game in this series the Golden State Warriors dominated, the one game in this series the Golden State Warriors had a blowout victory in where they weren't stressed, where it wasn't coming down to the, to the final seconds of the game, I'm referring to game three, he did fine. He did more than fine. And the solution to that is, yeah, I'm just not going to play you anymore. In, 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 game th in, in, uh, in game three of this series, was it game three? Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was game three. I'm, I'm just making sure I have my, my stats here correctly. I want to read to you what Jonathan Kaminga did in game three that led to him just basically not being seen anymore. He scored six points. He grabbed two rebounds. He was three for seven from the field in 13 minutes, added an assist, added a steal. They won the game by 17 points. He played 13 minutes. And no, let's just let's just follow this logically and just not play him anymore. Jamichael Green, who had a fantastic game three, a player who gives you size, a player who gives you athleticism, along with Kaminga, two players who could actually dunk the ball, unlike Jordan Poole. I don't know if you saw that missed dunk at the end. That was embarrassing. Jordan Poole's game tonight altogether was embarrassing. I'll talk about Jordan Poole in a second, but Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green, a player who I understand during the regular season didn't do much, hit or miss. In hindsight, I wonder if coaching was responsible for that, at least partly. But uh, in game three, he played 10 minutes, grabbed three rebounds, had an assist, had a block. And the Warriors won that game by 17 points. Anthony Lamb, a player I've been routinely critical of this season. 
I wasn't critical in game three. He played just the right amount of minutes, seven and change, and he did great. He gave them a body that made life a little difficult for the Sacramento Kings in terms of grabbing rebounds. In that game three, Anthony Lamb, the only game where he played significant minutes and played a meaningful minutes, put up nothing in terms of stats except for one block, but that was a huge block, helped with momentum. But more importantly, they won that game by 17 points. But no, let's just not play them anymore. Let's just uh, explain that logic to me. So on a night when the Sacramento Kings decide they're going to go small ball, on a night when the Sacramento Kings decided it's our elimination game, we're going to throw some changes at you. Let's see what you do. Oh, that's right. Mike Brown in his head is thinking, I know Steve Kerr. He's not going to do anything. He's just going to do the exact same thing he always does because for some reason, Steve Kerr no longer makes adjustments like he used to. And now the Golden State Warriors are in a game seven. In a game seven where anything can happen. And if they lose Sunday, this dynasty is over. Draymond Green is gone. Clay Thompson might be a year away from gone. And who knows what other changes happen? You're going to have to offer the bag to Bob Myers for him to stay. Steve Kerr is going to enter a, a, a lame duck season. Head coaches don't play those out. That's what's at stake Sunday. And in terms of rebounding, and this is where like I'm really frustrated at the fact that, that Jonathan Kaminga is not seeing any minutes, that Jermichael Green is not seeing any minutes, that even Anthony Lamb, who could at least help with rebounding, is not seeing any minutes. The Warriors were once again, the same issues they had in games one and two, slaughtered when it comes to rebounding. Offensive boards, the Kings had 18 of them. The Warriors had 11. The Sacramento Kings total rebounds, 53. The Golden State Warriors responded with 42. Points inside the paint where the Warriors routinely get killed all season. Yeah, they lost that battle again tonight. 44 to 36. Small ball works when Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green are at the peak of their powers. When they're in their mid-30s, and now more than ever, they need those strength in numbers and adage that has always rang true for every championship team. It's not going to work. And the worst part is, is that Bob Myers gave him a team, gave Steve Kerr a team that could compete in a series like this. But Steve Kerr decided, I don't like the players you're going to give me. I'm going to go all season long with two-way guys that no one else wants one of whom we don't even see now because he's a two-way player. He's not eligible. The other one, they gave him the, the 15th roster spot, and we don't even see him play. And this is what you get. And now we're at a, at a pivotal game seven, largely not because the Sacramento Kings are a better team. I don't buy that at all because I'm not seeing the Warriors' full team play. I'm seeing eight or nine guys play, and those eight or nine guys are not the, eight or, the right eight or nine guys. And whether it's stubbornness, whether it's an over-reliance on Steve's new assistant coach this year, Kenny Atkinson, who most people have no clue what he's about at all. I've, uh, you know, he's a total enigma to me. Um, the dynasty is about to end. It sucks. It totally sucks. And Dub Nation, if you're in pain, I totally feel you. It's frustrating. It's annoying that the Warriors are in this position, not because... They're the weaker team, but because they're not playing the right guys. 
I mean, you could point the finger specifically at Jordan Poole, who had an awful game. When we come back, I'm going to break down his miserable performance. I mean, he just had a flat-out awful game. But he wasn't the only one. Um, Dante DiVincenzo had an okay game, but not the kind of game that they needed. I don't know what to say about Gary Payne II, because on one hand, he didn't have a great game. But on the other hand, he only played 10 minutes. He didn't even come into the game until the second quarter, like well into it. The, the, the cameras flashed to his dad, Gary Payne, the senior, pissed off in, in an animated conversation with someone who I guarantee that conversation was be, was about his son. And he was pissed off. I, I got to look up the minute mark where uh, uh, Gary Payne, the second, finally came into the game. I'll find that when we come back. But this is a horrible mismanagement of this roster. And I don't know if it's because of a reliance on over-reliance on analytics. I don't know if it's because Steve Kerr is very stubborn and just begrudgingly makes adjustments when they're needed. I, I don't know what that, the, the specific reasoning is. I, I guarantee the right questions were not being asked to find out those reasons. But whatever it is, the Golden State Warriors find themselves in a very ugly situation right now where they're on the verge of being eliminated. and seeing this dynasty, one of the greatest, most dominant dynasties in the history of the NBA, come to an end. And they have it in them to, to get at least one more. I, I firmly believe that. Gary Payne II, by the way, came in at the 10-minute and 30-second mark of the second quarter. He was needed much earlier than that. 10 minutes from him total is ridiculous, especially Jordan Poole's getting 27 minutes. And Game 6 Clay, nice knowing you, buddy. That's over. Um, first off, Nissan's player of the week. I got to give it to Stephen Curry. I mean, he's one of the greatest players ever. He looked tired tonight, largely because the team relies so much on him. But Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And I'm going to give it to Stephen Curry, who led the team in scoring tonight. 29 points. He had an efficient night, except for the turnovers. He had five turnovers again. Five, but normally, you know, with Steph, you got to live with those. Uh, but Steph, again, 29 points, 9 of 21 from the field. He was 5 for 12 from deep. He was the only reason why the Warriors were staying in this game and, and stayed in the game as late as they did. Had five assists, grabbed four rebounds. Did have the five turnovers, but that's part of his game you got to live with. So, Stephen Curry, you are the Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week for your electric for your brilliantly fierce and your stunningly yet elegantly powerful performance. Just like the Nissan Aria, the 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle, the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. And I'm, I should have had that, uh, uh, overlay for the spot I'm, I'm sorry about that uh today's episode is also brought to you by better help oh and i feel like dub nation there's ever a time to reach out and get some help from better help <laughs> i think that was that was the time um and and, and uh today's episode this episode specifically is sponsored by better help which again provides a phenomenal resource for anyone out there who just needs help uh, they have a, a, a fantastic team of therapists. They they take insurance. 
um it, you know they they're they're available virtually uh you can switch therapists if uh who you try doesn't work out um and i absolutely am so against any form of stigma pertaining to mental health your brain is just another part of your body and sometimes it needs help and that's where better help is there for you and that's why i we're, we're proudly sponsored this episode again sponsored by BetterHelp, give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and get on your way to being your best self. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, uh, Kylan Mills unfortunately could not make it tonight because of the weird time, the the, the five p.m. start time, which was really messed up. I, I really think. I, I don't know what the Warriors did to deserve that kind of punishment. A 5 p.m. start time on a Friday killed the energy that Chase, Chase Center normally is filled with, at least early in the game. That was brutal. You basically took away a game from the Warriors in terms of home court advantage. So just started at 5 p.m. is absurd. Um, and so Kylan's schedule, because the, the game ended so early, she couldn't make it. Uh, yeah, for the people in the chat, um, I, I agree. The NBA screwed the Golden State Warriors in terms of tonight's start time. That's ridiculous uh, to have it at 5 p.m. It's not an excuse. Um, I also didn't like the fact that uh, in the first quarter, the the NBA or ESPN somebody ran an advertisement for Game 7 between the Warriors and the Kings. In the first quarter, they ran that. In the first quarter. And there was only one little uh, disclaimer in there that said, if necessary. The narrator of the spot, the voice that went along with the commercial, didn't once mention if necessary. All that commercial said was game seven, Warriors Kings, Sunday. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I don't know what time. What is it? 1230, 330. I gotta look that up real quick. But but it was that, that was asinine. That was asinine. What the hell were they doing running that? That was that was utterly insane. So I don't I don't blame any of you for being upset about that. Warriors Kings Sunday, 1230 at Golden One Center. Uh maybe Colin and I will do a show tomorrow to kind of preview that because. The, the, the entire dynasty is on the line. The, the, everything is on the line in game seven. It's a must win for both teams. Um, I don't know if the spread is out yet. But, uh, oh, yeah, that was just messed up. So Jordan Poole, I got I to read his stats real quick. Just because I, I don't understand. Look, Steve Kerr has trust in Jordan Poole. I don't know why you'd play him this much otherwise. Um, I, you know, I tweeted this out. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. I, 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 I tweeted this during the game that, and this wasn't me advocating for the pool party. This was me simply saying the reason why, or a huge reason why, Jordan Poole plays as much as he does is because he's one of the only players in the Warriors who consistently attacks the paint. He's the, he's one of the only players on the team who consistently draws fouls. Uh, without him, I don't know if the other team's ever getting putting the Warriors in the bonus to get free throws from fouls. Uh, and, and that's a huge reason why Jordan Poole uh, plays and he gets a run is because he attacks the paint. He's one of the only players that does that. But despite that, there's no, there's no justification for him playing 26 minutes, 12 seconds tonight. He was 
two for 11 from the field. It's kind of shocking. He was just one for two from three. I, I feel like he missed more, but he only took two three point attempts. But from the field total, two for 11. Finished the game with a whopping seven points. He committed three fouls. He only had one turnover, but he also only had one assist. Uh, had four trips to the line. And the player who last year won the free throw title was two for four from the line, 50%. There was one sequence, I think it was the second trip to the line, where it was either Malik Monk or maybe it was Terrence Davis uh, said something to him. And it colossally disappointed me that Jordan Poole was affected by that. He missed the free throw. Colossally disappointed. I always thought one of the biggest strengths of Jordan Poole is his mental toughness. He got phased by that. I don't know what happened with his free throw shooting this year, period. This is a player who, again, beat out his teammate, Stephen Curry, for the free throw title. This year, his free throw percentage went down nearly five percentage points. Stephen Curry missed some free throws. He missed three. Stephen Curry was six for nine from the free throw line. The Golden State Warriors as a team missed 10 free throws. 25 for 35. Andrew Wiggins was three for six. Kevon Looney was one for two. Uh, Draymond Green was a perfect two for two. Moses Moody was a perfect two for two. Moses Moody. Dude. For all you folks out there who, who just don't understand why I clamor so much for Jonathan Kaminga, I clamor this much for Moses Moody for very good reason. And you see what happens when you put faith in these young players. These are not bad players. Jonathan Kaminga is not a bad player. He's a damn good player. Do you think Jonathan Kaminga cannot handle... Keegan Murray? Do you think Jonathan Kaminga cannot handle Trey Lyles? Those two players, by the way, destroyed the Warriors. Keegan Murray, who was uh, the last person to leave the gym after the Game 5 loss, just stayed at, at, at Golden 1 shooting, putting up three-pointers all night. Keegan Murray played 45 minutes in this game tonight. Scored 15 points, was second on the Kings in plus-minus at plus 19 he grabbed 12 rebounds. Five of the Kings' 18 offensive rebounds came from Keegan Murray, a rookie. And you're going to sit here and lecture me and tell me that because you're a body language expert that Jonathan Kaminga doesn't look like a player who should be playing? Get out of here with that garbage, man. Jonathan Kaminga should be playing. Jonathan Kaminga could handle Keegan Murray Jonathan Kuminga could handle Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, by the way, 27 minutes tonight, shot 50% from the field, was two for six from beyond the arc. Those two threes were just daggers. He grabbed nine rebounds, was a plus nine in the plus minus, finished with 12 points. You're going to sit here and, you're, and is someone going to have the audacity to sit here and tell me that Trey Lyles is better than Jonathan Kuminga? It's absurd, man. It is absolutely absurd that for some stupid-ass reason, Jonathan Kaminga is not playing in this series. When he, when Jonathan Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga plays, good things happen. I don't know how many times I've uttered that. I don't know how many times I have to mention the fact that when Jonathan Kaminga plays 25 minutes or more, the Warriors win 70% of the games. When Jonathan Kaminga plays 20 minutes or less, they lose over 70% of their games. But yet some people out there say, oh, that's just a BS stat. Really? He, dude's a winner. He just needs to actually play. He's an athletic freak. Do you think the Warriors don't need his 6'8 frame out there? 
They don't need someone who's like a pogo stick who can dunk the ball from like the free throw line. They don't need that. Are you out of your minds? My God, man. But Jonathan Kimming had yet another DNP tonight. Jamichael Green, yet another DNP tonight. I'm not counting uh, three seconds in the third quarter. I'm sorry. I mean, Moses Moody, it was, it was, I mean, he was, he was one of the only bright spots of tonight's game. Moses Moody played 16 minutes. Awesome. He was three for six from the field. He was one for two from beyond the arc, made both his free throws, had nine points, led the team in plus minus with plus five, was actually tied with Dante DiVincenzo. One of only two players in the game to have a positive plus minus. Now, but go on to lecture me about how Jonathan Kaminga shouldn't play. What a joke. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to go to the chat, see what you folks are saying. Directive from the network, by the way, to uh, not integrate the chat comments until the third segment of the show um, so it doesn't disrupt the flow. I'm also going to go to read some more stats and talk about game seven. <laughs> That's a real thing, folks. It's crazy. Uh, Got to give some love to eBay Motors. A fantastic website and resource if you need auto parts. Weird but true. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. It's that simple because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers eligible items only exclusions apply you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thank you for making locked on warriors your first listen every day one final segment tim ford telling me that I'm not in the minority supporting Kaminga. Thank you, sir. I certainly, it certainly feels like it in, in a lot of ways. And uh, one thing I've realized recently, and this is important to note, this is very important to note, that most of the, the media folks out there who are covering the Golden State Warriors, um, they're going to echo every single one of Steve Kerr's sentiments because they're, they, they, would, they would rather maintain their relationship with Kerr than actually have some journalistic integrity. I kid you not. And unfortunately, what I I I've only I only realized this recently when I had an interaction with uh, a quote unquote media member who is much closer to the team than than others, and we got into a dispute about Jonathan Kaminga, and all of a sudden I'm hearing him talk, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is where so many people are getting their talking points from. It's like other media members who just support anything Steve Kerr does, and I, I, that's not independent thinking. And Steve Kerr is a human being who is fallible. He's gonna make mistakes. Tonight, he made huge mistakes. Uh, 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 the head coach of the Sacramento Kings came into town and schooled him. Mike Brown made such, I want to say, I don't want to say impressive adjustments, but he made adjustments. All he did was change a few 
minutes and a few personnel, and that's all it took. Steve Kerr didn't do a damn thing to adjust for that. I mean, the Warriors did nothing uh, to adjust to Terrence Davis taking all of Alex Len's minutes. They did nothing. Another interesting adjustment that that uh, Mike Brown made, and kudos to him, was reducing Davion Mitchell's minutes. Because, again, he saw with his own eyes that Stephen Curry had figured Davion Mitchell out. So his adjustment in game six was to drastically reduce Mitchell's minutes. Mitchell only played 11 minutes in this game. And he replaced those with Terrence Davis. Davis, who's bigger, and he undoubtedly gave Terrence Davis the green light to just foul away. I mean, nobody looked upset when he fouled out. And kudos, because the Warriors did absolutely nothing to counter that. DeMontis Sabonis has suddenly become a detriment to the Sacramento Kings. Sabonis only played 23 minutes tonight. They don't need him anymore. It's crazy. The And Mike Brown made the adjustment. Steve Kerr did not. It sucks. Um, Ray, I do agree with you to, to a large extent that plus minus is one of the most useless stats in professional sports. It just varies. I mean, especially if it's over like a whole season. Um, playoff games have some relevance. If you're taking, for example, the whole game, I don't mind plus minus if you lump a few players in together because now you're starting to figure out how a unit uh, works as a team instead of individually. But I totally hear you as well. It's just one stat of so many. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I'm seeing some people write the Sabonis is, is overrated, uh, is a liability. Um, <laughs> Jacob Pena, <laughs> right? Not failure, but steps to success. Well, well, well said. Uh, from this going off, what Giannis uh, said the other night. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just gonna read a few more stats, and then we'll call it a night because uh, I honestly need to process this this a little more. There almost certainly will be a show tomorrow, um, just because I ha I have to sleep on this to to just, I don't know, just provide better analysis. I don't think I can do so. So soon after a game, uh, blessed rights got to play Kaminga. Absolutely right. Uh, Tim Ford writing uh, Mike Brown making adjustments. Uh, Steve Kerr was exposed, at least for tonight. Steve Kerr does make adjustments, but tonight he just didn't. And I don't know what the hell he's going to do for game seven. I hope he does something. Um, you know, I want to I want to mention uh, uh, Dante DiVincenzo as well, because DiVincenzo is another player that um has Steve Kerr's trust. He's getting real minutes in the series. Tonight he played 18 minutes. He was uh, the first man off the bench, even before Draymond Green. Um, and on one hand, offensively, yeah, he had eight points, shot one for five from the field. He was one for three from, from beyond the arc. The one three he made was a big one. Uh, he was actually five for six for the free throw line. So he was getting, getting to the line a lot. And he finished uh, with a plus five and the plus minus. But he, he has not been very impactful this series. He's had his moments. Um, but to say that he's been a difference maker, to say that he's the reason the team's winning, eh, I don't know if you can go that far. Um, and that's where other players on the bench could step in. I, I, I honestly would not mind seeing Anthony Lamb right now. I really wouldn't. The Warriors need some size and toughness out there. The Kings are pushing them around. The Kings are getting second chance points and opportunities that are killing the Warriors largely because of offensive rebounds, largely because of what they're doing off turnovers. And Steve Kerr has the personnel on that bench. Match it. Bring your weapons out. And now we're suddenly like in a game seven. It's crazy. Uh, the, the Warriors tonight uh, finished the game with 18 turnovers, uh, actually two less than the Kings. 
and they scored 23 points off those turnovers. The Kings had 17 points off turnovers. But really, the stat that sticks out to me far and beyond is the same stat that stuck out to me after game one, which is rebounds, and more specifically, offensive rebounds. Uh, Steve Kerr, again, went with small ball lineups, and it did not pay off. It did not work out. Um, the Warriors did not shoot the ball well. They only shot 31.2% from beyond the arc, uh, 10 for 32. Game six clay is is will always go down in the history books. It's something that I feel like anyone who is a member of Dub Nation will always hold deep in their heart. Uh, a, a moment of nostalgia for, for game six clay, given how many times he stepped up. But that's that's over. I mean, game six clay tonight, clay Thompson, 35 minutes was eight for 20 from the field. Good, not great. Two for nine from three. Not great at all. Uh, two rebounds for a player who's being counted on these small ball lineups to to be a force inside. Two rebounds, unacceptable. Uh, had three turnovers. And the stat that's absolutely worst of all, uh, he was a minus 28 in the plus minus. So depends on whether or not we're going to follow plus minus. But minus 28. Minus 28. Far and away the worst. Far and away. The second worst player in terms of plus minus on the Warriors tonight was Kevon Looney with minus 19. <sighs> so Clay did not have a good game. Game six, Clay, RIP. And the future of Clay Thompson, regardless of what happens this year, I think is going to rely in terms of whether or not he stays with the Warriors. I think it's going to depend largely on whether or not he's willing to take a discount. He's not a max player anymore. He's not. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy if I was the owner, if I was Joe Lacob, Peter Gruber, I'd be happy giving him 25 mil a year, but he's not a $40 million a year player anymore. I mean, that's, if he was, he would be dominating tonight. He would be making a huge difference in the series. And, you know, those are like the emptiest 22 points I've seen from him probably in his career. It was just bad. Um, Andrew Wiggins uh, looked a little tired, played 33 minutes. He was five for 13 from the field, did not make a single three point shot. Did grab seven rebounds, um, did have two blocks. He's been averaging over two blocks uh, a game in this series. Uh, finished with 13 points, but the offense was not there from Andrew Wiggins on a night when the Warriors scored just 99 points. And then Draymond Green, I'll, I'll finish on this note. Uh, I don't know if the experiment's going to continue for Game 7, him coming off the bench. It would shock me if he came off the bench to start Game 7. I, I feel like... Kerr's loyalty to his core, to his veterans is so deep that if this dynasty is going to end, uh, he's he's going to go down with his boys. And um, and that's going to include Draymond Green starting. Uh, Draymond tonight only played 25 minutes and change. I know, I don't even know what why that was. I, I know he was in foul trouble for a little bit. I don't know if that was the reason, but 25 minutes for Draymond, that's that's uh, it's weird. Um, anyone in the chat know have a reason for that? Uh, hold on, let me. Uh, Magnus Carlson writes, What do you think Kerr's going to change in game seven? I'll answer that in just a minute. Does anyone know in the chat? Um, yeah, Joe writes, All the starters have tired legs. I didn't think Draymond looked that tired though. Why did Draymond only have 25 minutes? This is this is something I just literally learned right now when I looked at the box score. Does anyone have an answer? I remember he was in foul trouble, uh, but I mean. He was needed. Malik Monk was eating the Warriors up in that fourth quarter in the second half. Uh, Raymond Cook writes he had three fouls with, uh, oh, sorry, I thought I clicked on that. Um, he had three fouls with like seven minutes left. Is that what you wrote? Um, he got in foul trouble, foul trouble. Okay, so that's what the answers are are giving me in the chat. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I want to see any. If, if, uh, I wanted to find that original one that was that hat that was there. Um, oh, there it is. Uh, he had three fouls with like seven minutes left. Oh, okay. So then that's not a good excuse for him not playing twenty five minutes. What that? What what's going on there, man? Why did Gary Payton second not come into the game until the ten minute mark of the second quarter? That was weird. You you knew right away the Kings were coming in with a small ball lineup. You saw the adjustment immediately. All right. And Kerr decides to counter that with no Gary Payne II, the second, the the biggest little man in, in the NBA. That made no sense. Um, and 25 minutes for Draymond Green when he's one of the only players who can at least slow down De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I'm seeing his foul trouble uh, uh mentions, but I I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on here. Anyways, um, what's gonna happen in game six, just from the top of my head, or game seven, I'm sorry. I will wrap it up on that note. I'm going to go visit see my boy, Larry Kruger. That should be a fun one. Um, I will fight anyone who says Jonathan Kaminga should still not play uh, on that show. Um, here's the problem. I can tell you what I would do. And then I can try and tell you what I think Steve Kerr will do. Uh, here's the adjustment that I think will happen for starters. Draymond Green will start and play. Jordan Poole, I think, is going to see his minutes be very closely watched. Wouldn't surprise me if we saw some Jermichael Green minutes. Wouldn't surprise me if we saw Jonathan Kaminga. Steve Kerr has implemented ingenuity in his personnel moves, in his minute distribution, uh, in his rotations. We've seen it before. Um, we have to see it. Because I, I think if Steve Kerr decides to stick with the same formula, um, you're talking about a lot of 35, 34, 33-year-olds with just a you know two days of rest. Um, playing an early Sunday game. And, and if that's what you're counting on, that's that's sketchy. So I'm going to do another show tomorrow. Um, and I think I'm going to break that down a little more. Uh, yeah, I agree, Joe. At least play Kaminga some meaningful minutes. Um, this was embarrassing. This was just absolutely embarrassing. Um, Jill Espino, you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, first of all, I'll get to you in a second because Jay talks. I love the humor. Uh, Jay writes... Kerr decided to rest his players. Got to save their legs for the stutter next season. Dun, dun, um, Jill Espina writes, everyone's tired. It built up during the whole regular season. No rim protector makes you really tired. On that note, what the hell was the point of playing Lamb and Ty Jerome this year? What the hell was the point of that? What good did that do? You have Kaminga and Moody, who could have been playing all those minutes and could have been much better prepared for this moment. Instead, you gave those minutes to two-way players who are doing nothing right now. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. We'll be back at this tomorrow. I'm going to do another show tomorrow uh, once I have a better picture of some sound. Uh, maybe we'll uh, hear some interesting comments from Kerr. Uh, I'll play this soundbite real quick. This is another one that came down uh, from the folks at... NBC Sports Bay Area, who tweets out these clips. Thank you so much. I have access to them as well, but um, when the video is right there on Twitter, sure makes life easy. Here's Steve Kerr talking about Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan never really got going tonight, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, he got a little frustrated early. He had, he had a couple plays where he didn't get calls, and, uh, you know, he was trying to attack but couldn't couldn't quite um, shake free. So um, just a frustrating night for him. But, um, you know, it, it, it was a, a poor night for all of us, you know, including me. You know, we, we always say we win together, we lose together, and this was a, a team effort that uh, – 
includes players and coaches and um, you know the, the 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 Kings outplayed us outcoached us uh, deserved to win yeah Jordan never really got going well I mean you know and and I, I have this chat uh, uh post from Lucky Trays up here that says the other issue is the young players need development but they want to shine sometimes younger guys are more selfish can you give an example of Moses Moody fitting this this uh this characterization that you're typing I, I don't remember Moses Moody ever acting selfish I I don't remember even Wiseman before he got traded acting selfish I mean Wiseman had his moments I, I'm not sitting here saying Wiseman would have made a difference in the series but I, I don't I don't see the selfishness from Kaminga or Moody I don't I don't follow with that um <laughs> anyways yeah at least yeah and Steve Kerr is taking some responsibility so you got to give him give him that all right folks uh um this was brutal look misery loves company so at least we're all in this together right right um and we'll be back at it tomorrow. Follow either me on Twitter at Dogs or Show or the program on Twitter at Locked on Dubs uh, to follow to find out when we go live. Um, Kylan, hopefully, maybe she'll join me tomorrow. I don't know. She she is one show short of her schedule. So, so uh, either it's going to be three shows next week or maybe tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Um, but regardless, thanks for putting up with me for a whole show. That loss sucked. And um, we'll see what happens with the, the, the Dynasty. It comes down to Sunday, Game 7. 1230 is tip uh, dub nation. If you can afford to buy tickets and go up to Sacramento, please do so. Uh, I know the team could use the noise, uh, the energy. It's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be stressful. Uh, any of you who are feeling it already. I'm with you because game sevens are sketch. Anything could happen. So, um, but it didn't happen tonight. All right, folks. Thank you so much.